Amen. Thank you for that song. Amen. Well, it feels good here today. It's good to see you. I, uh, I struggled a little bit on what I needed to preach. We'll let our nursery be dismissed right now. I was a little unsure. I've got three messages today. And it's not that I was worried I'd preach all of them. It's which one. But I do, I, I believe I've got some direction. And um, this morning when I woke up, I felt like I knew which one of those messages I needed to preach. It's not the one that I've developed the most, but I do feel it the strongest on my heart. So if you'll help me today. We'll follow after the leading of the Holy Ghost, and I believe God's going to direct us, and I believe we're going to have a tremendous service. Amen. I don't have a scripture text today, but I wonder if we could lift our hands together. We'd ask God to bless the preaching of His Word and the receiving of His Word today. Would you do that? In the name of Jesus. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Lord, move in this house today. We felt your presence, Lord. We've worshipped you in song. We've prayed. I'm asking now, Lord, that you would come bless the preaching of your word. Let us have ears to hear and hearts to understand what your spirit says. For that will give you praise and glory. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm preaching today from this subject. Three dimensions of worship three dimensions of worship amen the um, there's not really a whole lot of doubt that worship for the saint of God worship is one of our highest callings worship is one of our highest callings We need to be so careful. We need to be so um, intent on being a people that worship the Lord. The verse you quoted today, who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We've got to be a people that will worship the Lord. And not just worship him according to the traditions of men, not just worship him according to the rudiments of this world, but we must worship him in spirit and in truth. And there is a difference between worshiping God in spirit and in truth and worshiping God in the traditions of, of, of men and women that have that have formulated what is worship in their minds and passed that down to us. Worship is not just coming in here and clapping our hands and standing in our seat and lifting them when we say, let's lift our hands. Worship is not just, and and that's part of it, but it's not just that. It's not just our amens, and it's not just the fact that we showed up here today. That is not what constitutes worship. The worship I am talking about today is a place we can go to in God. 
where we begin to experience God in a tremendous way. We need, we must be people of worship. And as we worship God, God is going to begin to move. God's going to start uh, doing things in our midst. There is, there is an undeniable uh, cause and effect. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how much money you have or how little money that you have. It doesn't matter how educated you are or how uneducated you are. It doesn't matter uh, what color you are. It doesn't matter what culture you are. It doesn't matter where you have come from. When we worship God, the cause and effect relationship between the child of God and the God of all creation is that when we begin to worship Him in spirit and in truth and we begin to lift Him up, God will respond every single time. He will respond every single time. So worship is our calling. Worship is, is the thing that we can give to God that He cannot give to Himself. Worship is what comes from us freely that we can give to God. That he doesn't make come from us, but he desires it to come from us. Now that in and of itself ought to cause us to want to worship God. Knowing that I came here today, and I'm I'm probably going to get a little ahead of myself right now. But knowing that I came here today, (coughs) God did not make me come here. God did not force me to get out of bed. Now some parents may have forced their kids to get out of bed this morning. But God didn't force me to get out of bed. I had to get that one out of bed today. My son, not my wife. I just wanted to be clear. She was making sure I got out of bed today. Reminds me. I'm going to digress, okay? Y'all all right? Reminds me of the guy that got up and, and, and his mother came into his room. She said, son, it's time to get up and go to church. He said, I don't want to go to church. She said, son, come on, you got to get up and go to church. He said, I'm, I'm not going to church today. And, and she said, you have to go to church. He said, why do I have to go to church today? She said, well, for starters, you're the pastor. <laughs> All right, I got that out of my system. <laughs> but God didn't make me get up today. And the fact that God didn't force me to come here. But the fact that I knew God would meet me here. Because I had something He wanted. Because I had something that would bless Him. Oh, that ought to make us want to worship Him. The fact that God has met us here today. Because we could have brought something to Him. That He can't get anywhere else. He doesn't get this from from nature. He doesn't get this from somebody else. He gets this from a people who are called by His name, who have made up their minds to come worship Him in spirit and in truth in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That ought to make us want to get up and give Him everything that He is worthy of. Amen. So we are worshipers. I don't think there's any question about whether we ought to be worshipers. I hope 
there's not today. I'm not come to convince you of that. I'm praying you're already convinced of that. That we are to be worshipers of the Lord. But what I want to deal with are the three dimensions of worship that we can go to. Worship is not all created equal. Hang with me. Not all worship is equal. Because not all worship takes you to the same place. The first dimension of worship is the presence of God. Everybody say His presence. This is when He comes to us. So when we begin to worship God, (coughs) we begin to praise Him. We begin to lift Him up, exalt His holy name. We begin to talk about who He is. We begin to talk about how wonderful he is. And I get to thinking about that and and, and I could just go for a long time on that. On how wonderful God is. He's been so good to me. He's such a a mighty God. He's such an everlasting God. He's such a caring God. He's such a keeping God. When I think about all of those things, it makes me want to worship Him. And as we begin to worship Him, God, His presence begins to come into where we are. The Bible tells us that He inhabits the praises of His people. So when we begin to praise God, we begin to lift Him up, God comes to indwell those praises. That level of worship Is what invites his presence in. Now I am thankful for that worship. I'm thankful for it. We've already experienced that here today. That is the level of worship we have been in up until this point. Is the presence of God. When we begin to sing about him. And we begin to lift him up. His presence moved into this place just like that. The very first song began to be sang. And we begin to focus our hearts. And we begin to direct our attention on the Lord. And we begin to, 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 to get zoned in on this great and mighty God. Who is the God of all creation. He is the God of the universe. He is the God for whom nothing is too hard. And we begin to think about Him. And we begin to sing about Him. And He said, I'm going to come to where those people are. And God's presence moved in to this church as we began to do that. I'm thankful for the presence of God. I want to tell you something we need to be very careful of. We're very blessed as people when, when we get together like this. You know, when we started the church some five, a little over five and a half years ago now, when we started this church, um, one of my big concerns was whether or not... Uh, it would feel like we were having church. Now think about this. Next Sunday, you go plan on having church in your house. You're used to all of this. You go plan on having church in your house. And you're going to be praying, Lord, let your presence show up. We take it for granted. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when you got up this morning, you weren't worried about whether or not the presence of God would be here today. 
You just assumed it would be. You know why that is? It's because when we begin to worship together, God's, God, God begins to inhabit all those praises that are going up. But there's going to be people who are going to show up here ready to worship God. There's some people there. There's some people in this church. I could walk up to them anywhere in town and say, "Praise the Lord," and and they'd be ready to worship God right about then. Now I'm not going to pick on everybody this morning, but I, I will tell you one. I will tell you one because we we all love this individual. Y'all, all y'all wondering who it is. We all love this individual, but I think Brother David could worship God. At the gates of hell. I'm going to just. You just sit here and be humble brother. I know you are. And he doesn't do it to impress us. And he doesn't do it. To try to, to, to. For any other reason. Than he wants the presence of God in his life. And if I walked into Hobby Lobby this week. And he was working. And I said brother David. Isn't God good? I can just hear him right now. Oh, glory. And there's times we're in church here. And maybe we're having one of those services where it is a little bit locked up. I know. Y'all just act like we don't have them. None of y'all ever have those services that are guests here. Y'all don't have that. But maybe it's one of those services where it feels a little locked up. And I'll hear Brother David say, glory. When he does, I say, all right, we can have church. Because I know God's presence is going to be coming down. Now, I'm not trying to make him uncomfortable. I'm not trying to pick on him today. What I am trying to tell us is that if we're not careful, we'll take all this for granted because there are people like that who show up week after week after week ready to worship God. And they bring in the presence of God. But I want to challenge you. You don't need to sit back and never enter the dimension of worship. You need to go to that first dimension of worship yourself. You need to be willing to be the one that says, God, if nobody else came here today to talk about how good you are, if nobody else came here today to discuss the wonderful things of you, I have come to tell you that you're awesome. I have come to tell you that you're mighty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there anybody in this church today that says, I want to go to that first dimension. I want to be a worshiper. I want to bring down the presence of God. I will be the one. If nobody else does, I will be that one. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Because sooner or later, you're going to find yourself as the Apostle John. And you may not be in Patmos literally, but you will be in Patmos figuratively. And you'll be in that place where nobody else is there to worship God with you. Nobody else has come to lift up the Lord with you. You're all alone. There's nobody else that's interested. There's nobody else thinking that way. You're just by yourself. But thank God, John wasn't dependent upon a brother David. John wasn't depending upon a sister so-and-so. John said, I don't need them 
for me to get in the presence of the Lord. I don't. Ha- I like to have them with me. It'd be good on Patmos to have a church, but there was no church on Patmos. So John said, I can do this thing all by myself. And I can worship God all by myself. And the Bible said he got in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So that is the first dimension of worship. That is God's presence and that is when he comes to us. The second dimension of worship goes deeper. And this is where the power of God is revealed. We have gone from presence now to power. We have gone from where God comes to now where God works. And I don't know about you, but I'm not content just to stay in his presence I want to go deeper than that. I didn't come today just to feel a few goosebumps. I didn't come today to walk out and say, well, didn't it feel good in here today? And it has felt good in here today. But I didn't come here to talk about how it felt today. I came to see God do something today. I came to see God work today. And I want you to know as we begin to worship Him, And as we begin to lift him up and we begin to exalt him, it makes God want to do things for his people. When we begin to call on him, it makes God want to show up and show out in our midst. It makes God want there to allow there to be signs and miracles and wonders that would begin to take place. Whenever Paul and Silas were trapped in that Philippian jail and they'd been beaten and they were put in the stocks, And here they are, hands and feet in stocks, maybe even their head, I don't know, but hands and feet, surely. And there they are, they've been beaten, they are bloodied, nobody has stopped to put any salve on their back, nobody has offered to wash their wounds, they're just, they're just hurting, they're in pain, they're in a difficult, difficult moment of their life and ministry, yet they began to worship God, the Bible said they began to Pray and sing praises. And as they pray, how long did they pray and sing praises? I don't even know that. It could have been, it could have been five minutes. It could have been 30 minutes. It could have been five hours. But they prayed and they say, that's why we don't need to quit until God begins to move. They began to pray. They began to sing praises. And as they did, at some point, the presence of God came into that place. But at some point, they moved past presence. And the power of God came into that house. And the Bible said there began to be a shaking. And an earthquake that took place. And the prison began to come apart. And their stocks come off. And and prison doors were opened up. And everybody was released. When the power of God began to work. Now I came here today knowing something. That this is an apostolic church. This is an Acts church. This is a book of Acts church. This is not only a Pentecostal church. But this is deeper than that. An apostolic church. And in an... Were y'all going to help me preach this morning? In an apostolic church, we don't just expect to feel the presence of God. There's a lot of people who will say the name of Jesus. And they will begin to feel a little bit of the presence of God. But I don't plan on staying there. 
There's a lot of churches in this town that will feel the presence of God today. But I don't intend on staying there. I plan for this to be a church where the power of God works. And where God moves in a mighty and in a miraculous way. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to tell you there is nothing too hard for our God. I want you to know today, there is not one thing you walked in here with that God looked at it and said, oh my goodness. Not one thing God looked at it and his face went white. Not one thing that God looked at it and said, I don't know what we're going to do here. God has a plan and God has the power and the power is available. But we're not going to get there if all we do is come in and give our little Pentecostal worship for a little bit and move on in a first dimension. There's got to be somebody that says, I came to church to see God work today. I came to the house of God to see God move in a miraculous way. Somebody's got to say, I came to see somebody healed. I came to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. I came to see somebody delivered. I came to see chains broken. I came to see yokes destroyed. I came to see God move. I didn't come here to play church. Help me now. I didn't come here to play church. I didn't come here to punch the clock on a Sunday. But I came here because I knew that I serve the mighty God. I serve the mighty God. I serve the mighty God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me... Tell you what happens when we enter that second dimension of worship. The Bible said, Jesus stepped out of a boat. When he stepped out of the boat and he put his foot on the shore. I mean, just as quick as he put that foot on that shore. The Bible said a man possessed with devils comes running from the tombs. He comes running. Every legion, the Bible said, thousands of devils in him. Don't you know those devils were thinking, no, not this direction. No, not this way. But here comes that man. He's running to Jesus. And when he gets to Jesus, he falls on the ground. And the Bible said, he began to worship him. And when he began to worship him, God said, all right. You have come and you have worshipped me and you have gone beyond it just being a little something. You came running out of there. You felt my presence when I got here and you've come running to me and you're worshipping me. I won't leave you the way that I found you. And I want somebody to know today God's not going to leave you like he has found you if you will worship him in the dimension of his power. Is there anybody hungry for the power of God? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I could I could preach about his power for a long time. I could tell you about a Syrophoenician woman. The Bible said she came to him and she began to worship him. And Jesus said, You just you just need to go. You just need to get out of here. This isn't yours. I've not come for you. You're just gonna have to go. She wasn't having none of it. None of it. No, she said, I'm going to worship him anyway. And she began to call on the Lord. He looked at her. 
He said, it's not right for me to take the children's bread to cast it to the dogs. She had an answer for him. Truth, Lord, but even the dogs eat crumbs when they fall from the table. And Jesus turned and looked at her. He said, my goodness, I haven't seen such great faith. He said, whatever it is that you need, you're going to have it. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. She worshipped him past the point of his presence. She worshipped him until she got to the place where his power could be made manifest in her life. And part of the problem that we have is that we're content to come to church and feel God a little bit. We're content to come to church and just go through our ritualistic, formulaic Sunday service. We're content just to show up, do what we've always done, and get what we've always expected. But I just happen to believe that there's got to be at least one person in this room today that said, I came here for something more than that. I can't have church as usual. I can't have it just any old way today. I've got to get to the power of God. I'll struggle. I'll fight. I'll do whatever i got to do. But I'm going to worship in to the place of His power. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) The first dimension is His presence. The second dimension is His power. The third dimension is His glory. He he, He comes to us by His presence. He works through His power. But He reigns when His glory comes. This is the place... That we do not go near enough. This is the place that we need to get to so much more often than we do. We cannot be content with presence only. Presence is good. We need the presence of God. We got to go further. We cannot be content with His power only. Power is good. We need the power of God. But oh Lord, take us to that place. Where your glory is. Take us to the place God. Where your Shekinah glory. Is so real. It is so powerful. That it begins to revolutionize our lives. Not just where your power touches us physically. And and through addictions. But God where your glory touches us. In our innermost being. And we begin to be changed. And we're not who we used to be anymore. And we walk out of here. And we know that we have been with the Lord. Take us to that secret place, O Lord. Exodus 33, verses 17 through 23. I want to read those to you today. Exodus 33, 17 through 23. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee. Don't don't move this scripture, just leave it there a minute. And I know thee by name. Moses knew how to get in the presence of God. Moses knew how to enter the first dimension of worship. And Moses knew, we know this by testimony, that he knew how to get into the second dimension of worship where the power of God was. 
where he extended that rod over the sea and God split the Red Sea and he smote the rock and water came up out of the rock and you could go down through all the miracles that God wrought by the hand of Moses. He knew the dimension of presence and he knew the dimension of power and God said, you found grace in my sight. I know you by name. I've spent time with you, Moses. The next verse, verse number 18. And he said, I beseech thee, Lord, show me thy glory. God, I heard you at a burning bush. And you said, take off my shoes. Because the place, y'all need to stick with me right now. Because this is powerful. And the Lord's revealing something to me right now. He said, I took my shoes off. And you said, take them off because the place I'm standing is holy ground. I knew what it was like to be in your presence, God. I knew what it was like. And then, God, you took me to your mountain. And when we got to the mountain, there was lightning flashing. And thunder was rolling. And the whole mountain shook God. And I know what it is to be in the place of your power, God. But Moses wasn't content with a burning bush. Ooh, you better hear me. Moses wasn't content with a burning bush. And Moses was not content with a shaking mountain. Moses said, God, I've seen your presence and I've seen your power. But I've never seen your glory, God. And I am, bese- I am begging you. I beseech you. I beg you. Show me thy glory. God said, all right, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make all my goodness pass before thee. I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. I'll be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Verse 20. And he said, thou canst not see my face. For there shall no man see me and live. I want to see your glory, God. Let me tell you something about the glory of God. The glory of God is only revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God is only revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. The Bible said in the New Testament. And we beheld. You might find this scripture for me. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. You only see the glory when in the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That is speaking of Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You can only see the glory when you see Jesus. You can only see the glory when you see Jesus. Y'all just go with me right now because I'm, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. So... Moses prayed, God, show me your glory. He said, Moses, I can't show you my glory. He said, I'm going to pass my goodness, cause my goodness to pass before you. And I'll even show you my hinder parts. But I can't show you my face, Moses. Because the glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. So... You got to go years and years down the road. You got to go past a Red Sea. You got to go past the wilderness experience. You got to go past 
uh, Jericho and Joshua and Samson, and you got to go past Deborah and Barak, and you gotta you gotta go past. Uh, Samuel and Saul and David and Solomon and, and all the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. You got to go through all of that. You got to go past Isaiah. You got to go past Jeremiah. You got to go past Ezekiel. You got to go past Daniel and, 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 and Obadiah. And, and you, and you got to get past uh, Malachi. And you got you to uh, get into the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And one day Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, hey, I want you to come with me. I'm going to do some praying. And he told three of them, he said, I want Peter and James and John, you're going to come with me. And so those three disciples went with Jesus. And they went up onto, into a mountain to pray. And as they prayed, the three fell asleep. But at some point they woke up and they looked. And as they looked, they could see Jesus standing on that mountain. But he wasn't by himself. Jesus was glowing, the Bible said. There was a light around him. And with him, there were two men. One of them was Elijah. And the other one was Moses. And Moses, for the first time, thousands of years earlier, he had prayed, show me thy glory. And God said, I can't do that, Moses. You're not ready for that yet. You've been with me in presence. You've been with me in power. But you're not ready for glory. But that night on Mount Transfiguration, the Bible said there stood with the Lord Elijah and Moses. And Moses looked upon the face of Jesus. And for the first time, Moses saw the glory of God revealed on Mount Transfiguration, God brought him back. Where was he? I don't know. I believe in a place of paradise. But whatever that is, God pulled him out of there and said, I'm taking you to this mountain. Years ago, it was in a mountain that you asked to see my glory, Moses. I couldn't show you then, but I'm going to show it to you now. You've been hungering to go to that third dimension of worship for a long time. And Moses, I'm taking you there. And Moses even shone that night with the Lord in the glory of God that enveloped them. That is why they came to Philip at one point in the New Testament. And they came to the Philip and the rest of those apostles that were with him. And they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. Who do you want to see? We want to see Jesus. Why do you want to see Jesus? Because I'm moving out of presence. And I'm moving past power. And I want to get to the place where the glory of God is. And the glory of God is only where Jesus is. And I want to look up on His face. And I've come to preach to this church today. I'm not content with presence in sanctuary church. And I'm not content with power in sanctuary church. But I'm ready to go to the glory of God. And I am telling you there is a glory of God available to us in this room today. That if we could enter into that dimension. If we could enter into that realm of worship. Where God begins to speak to us. It'll, be, it'll quit being about everything else that we usually make it about. It'll quit being about 
our, our, our sickness. And it'll quit being about the problem that we keep having. It'll, it'll quit being about the, the trouble that irks us every day. We'll lay all that stuff down if we just get in the glory of God. If we can get in the glory of God, all that other stuff just begins to pale in comparison. And the things we get all messed up about and the things that cause us such discouragement, we'll begin to see how petty they are if we could just get in the glory of God. And I have come to preach the sanctuary today and challenge you and tell you I plan on going there. Is there anybody that wants to join this pastor as we go into the glory of the Almighty God when we get to where his glory is he begins to reign he begins to reign he is set up over all of us in the place of his glory we don't argue with God in the place of his glory that's why some people get messed up Oh, help me, Lord, right now. Some people get messed up and they want to get, they want to get, they'll backslide over the silliest and pettiest things. Get all messed up about that stuff. Or they'll get so messed up because there's a level of consecration they don't want to go to. So they think it's easier to walk away from God than it is to go forward in consecration. No, no, no. If you'll get to the place of his glory, all that stuff's just going to. It's going to be like a hot knife through butter. All the things that felt so hard and difficult. If you'll get in the place of the glory of God. God will begin to move in your life in such a way. That all of those things that have caused. They've been weights to you. As who it was preaching the other day. The weights that got on you. And, and, and sins that so easily beset us. All that stuff just kind of slides off if we get in the glory of God. Please don't settle. Please don't settle for what anybody else can have. Please don't settle for just the presence of God. Please don't settle for only the power of God. Please make it a point that I will go to the place where His glory dwells. The place where his glory dwells. Are you okay today? First Kings chapter number 8. First Kings chapter number 8. Verses 10 and 11. And it came to pass. When the priests were come out of the holy place. Dedication of Solomon's temple. It came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place. That the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Verse 11. So that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. When the glory came down. And it got into the church house. It was such a powerful, tangible presence of God. That the priest, they couldn't even, they couldn't even do the sacrifices. The priest, they had to quit doing, uh, cutting the bullocks up. And they had to quit 
putting the fire on the altar. They couldn't do any of that because God's glory had filled the house in such a place that God said, that's okay, I'm going to take care of all of this. And the things we keep trying to fix, the things we keep trying to cover, the things I try to counsel you out of, the things that I try to preach you out of, if we can just get in the place of the glory of God, it'll be so strong that the glory of God will begin to heal and fix the things that I can't preach you out of, that I can't counsel you out of. Only the glory of God can get us out of them. So I have come to pray with you today. I have come to seek God with you today and say, Lord, take us to that place. God, we've been in the dimension of your presence. God, we've even been in the dimension of your power. But Lord, today we're climbing. Let us reach the dimension of your glory. Let us see Jesus. Let us see Jesus. Is there anybody here that feels the urgency of what, I, of what I'm preaching today? Is there anybody here that feels the pull? I feel the Lord pulling us today, saying, come on. Come on a little bit higher. Come on a little bit higher. Is there anybody that has the cry of Moses that said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Sanctuary, this is what we're going to do this morning. We're not going to have the music come right now. They may come later, but right now, I wonder if we could find us a place to kneel and begin to talk to God. A place to begin to search after Him. And say, God, I'm hungry to go to the place where your glory is. God, the things that I've struggled with, the things I've battled against, I know there's an answer in your glory. We're going to dim the lights a little bit this morning. And I want us as a church to begin to seek after the glory of God. Please don't make this a little old two minute prayer and move on. Please let us get after him right now. Please. If Moses, if Moses, hundreds, even thousands of years after the fact, if Moses could still be hungry for the glory of God, surely our hunger for the glory of God can cause us to seek his face for a little while on a Sunday. Surely we could seek after the glory of God for a little while today in the house of the Lord.